Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's good to see a good number of people here this morning. Um, and also, welcome to all those on the internet. I know you've already been welcomed. Um, and I just hope you're having a really good bank holiday weekend this weekend. Um, Today I'm I'm continuing with our preaching emphasis that we've had for some time on having our roots down and our walls down. And over the last two Sundays, Trevor has highlighted a possible danger of living with our walls down, which is that sometimes we can be caught up in the culture of this world and its principles, and we can go along with the crowd being caught up in the flow of that crowd. In other words, we can end up running with the world instead of running the race that God intends us to run. And today I just want to consider some aspects of the race we're called to run as believers. There are lots of races going on in the world. There's the rat race, which I don't think has got a lot to do with rats, where the prize is wealth and and power. There's a race to the top of the career ladder, There's a race to get to the top of the housing ladder. There's a race to acquire the latest new gadget or new car. 1 John 2.16 says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. Now obviously not everybody lives like that, that. Not everybody lives in that way. But human beings seem to have a natural leaning towards living to satisfy ourselves. And this is encouraged by that world's emphasis on consumerism, on always having more. But the race we run has a different focus. It's rooted deep into the values of the kingdom, characterised by loving God and loving others, where we're intended to show humility and look out for others rather than constantly focusing inwards and what we think we need. So I'm going to just read um, some verses from a couple of passages which a lot of you will know already, and I'm going to be drawing on some of those as I speak this morning. So I'm going to read from Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 4 and verse 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people then you won't become weary and give up. And verse 12, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. And then 1 Corinthians 9, um, starting at verse 24. Don't you realise that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. 
I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might myself be disqualified. I, I really like watching sport, actually, and I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed at what athletes are able to achieve and their almost superhuman abilities. Um, and I realise that we don't always appreciate the absolute dedication and hard work that they put in to being the best that they can possibly be. They are totally committed to what they do. So how do we run the race that's set before us? Firstly, we commit ourselves to the race. It isn't just possible. You can't just sort of rock up at the beginning of a race at the Olympics and expect to compete. There's a lot of energy and hard work that goes into achieving qualification. Entry isn't guaranteed. But the good news is that in God's eyes, we have qualified for the race that we're going to run. Not based on what we've done, but what he's done for us. Ephesians 9 says we are saved by the grace of God when we believe. And salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. We stand at the starting line with confidence. Believing that because our roots are deep down in the love of Jesus, we are able to start the race, but we're also able to run a good race and finish it as winners. In the passage we read in 1 Corinthians 9, in verse 25, Paul reminds us that all athletes are disciplined in their training. That's not a word we often like to hear, is it, being disciplined. Um, Those who succeed are committed to hard work and have a deep desire to achieve their goal. A race of any sort requires some effort. Sportsmen and women, as we know, have got coaches who help them develop to their full potential. But I was hearing more and more when I was watching the Olympics, people saying, well, I've run this race, but I didn't have the same facilities as normal to prepare myself. So I, I couldn't go to the gym in the way that I used to go because of, co- because of the lockdown, because of COVID. And they had had to take more responsibility for their own training regime. So you have found people doing rowing in garages and um, home gyms and in their gardens and then turning up and winning medals, gold medals in the Olympics. And in the same way, we need to take responsibility for our own spiritual training and be disciplined and committed. We know that our strength doesn't come from our own natural resources. But there are times when we need to speak to our own spirits and build ourselves up, strengthening ourselves in the faith. And I think that's particularly important where we've not been able to be together, that now as we go forward together, we need to begin to speak to our spirits and to build ourselves up and strengthen ourselves in the faith. As the writer says um, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12, take a new grip and strengthen your weak knees. We know the Spirit helps us to do this, but this is an exhortation to take control, to be active in our training, to pull down what we need from God, to stir up the gifts in ourselves, to speak to our spirits. We can speak to ourselves in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. We can sing to build ourselves up. We can speak in tongues which edify us and build us up. And sometimes, you know, I pray some weird prayers sometimes. 
Um, I know I should pray and sometimes I say to God, oh, just help me want to pray more. Whereas really, I just sometimes need to say, just get on with it. Just get on with it. Just, just pray. Don't keep asking God for stuff which he just wants you to do. Just get on with it. Stir yourself up and do it. And then we also strengthen ourselves by eating and drinking healthily. Mm, that's a bit of an area I put here, not just in the spiritual, but I don't want to sound like the nanny state. Food is designed to build us up and make us healthy. And we know that the body can be very demanding, don't we? It likes to rule over us. It likes to, us to overindulge ourselves. Um, I'm not going to say too much about overindulging. But it's wise to make food and drink, along with other things, serve us and not become our masters. And it's important as well to keep our spirits well fed and well watered. So reading the word is good food. There are various ways that we we take food of the word on board. There are lots of different ways, and I think we've heard about a few of those in the past, different ways we can read the word. And sometimes we snack on the word. So we read a few verses. Now that's fine. That has its place. Snacking has its place. Because you can just take one verse and you can meditate on it. You can take a short passage, you can meditate on it, and you can get an awful lot from that. But we need to do more than just snack. Snacking doesn't fully satisfy us. And if you just keep snacking on stuff, you can become a bit sluggish. Sometimes we need to eat a hearty meal that takes time to digest and needs pondering over. So sometimes we have to get into things which are a bit harder to understand in the word. Babies start off on milk. And so if you're a new Christian, sometimes you need that. You need the food, you need people to support and help you. But we are aiming to grow up to maturity. So our food needs to be solid food that keeps us well satisfied. You know, sometimes it can be hard going, can't it, reading some of the books in the Bible. I know Hebrews that I've, I've been reading through is not the easiest book necessarily to understand. But there are things that can help, help it make it easier and more understandable. And Trevor mentioned the Bible project. Um, and I just looked at that, and it gives a wonderful overview of something like Hebrews. And you just begin to think, well, I do understand that. I can begin to see the flow of that. And though I need to get into it, and there are things I need to digest more, um, there are aids that can help us. And as well as having a good diet, athletes need to keep themselves well hydrated. Um, I don't know if you saw some of the running, the, the marathons in the Olympics, where it was so hot in the Tokyo Olympics that not only were they drinking the water, but they were throwing it all over themselves. And there's a lo- some lovely verses in Psalm 36, which I really like which refer to God as the fountain of life. And I just love that idea of coming under the fountain, where we drink of the spirit, where we're refreshed. But we can also have a playful spirit. You know, fountains are just... Um, there's an amazing fountain that, that in, in it... I've forgotten, totally forgotten the name, the English Heritage um, House, which is just absolutely huge it it goes up to about 100 feet I think and it just starts very playfully and then it just shoots up and and the water just spreads out and gets over you and it's just a spirit of playfulness and then the water overflowing to other people 
as, as we're, we're under that fountain. The fountain is a place of joy and the race should also be a place of joy. Athletes undertake a life of discipline but they do it because they love what they do. They just love what they do. Reading the word and prayer can be hard work sometimes but are always rewarding and help us run the race with joy. And secondly, we commit us, we run with only the essentials. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Athletes always dress in a way that is appropriate to what they're doing. Sprinters don't appear with heavy hiking boots and a backpack of supplies. They're dressed in such a way as to maximise their chances of finishing the race as winners. And I think the race we run isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. And in the same way, it's important we don't weigh ourselves down with unnecessary burdens. Sin can be a burden, but other things that aren't necessarily sinful in themselves can hinder our progress and slow us down in the race. So we know that material things aren't the most important things in our lives. We know that. And then we know they don't bring us peace. But there's an awful lot of pressure, isn't there, on us in the Western world to have more and more things. And the pursuit of them can take away our focus from the kingdom. I certainly wouldn't be without the internet. I mean, it's just been so useful for all sorts of things. But it can eat up our time. And so much is designed, I do a lot of my, sorry, I've cut me into my sentence, so much is designed to hook us into satisfying our desires and cravings. Um, I just do a lot of shopping online. I I just have never enjoyed shopping particularly. So things like clothes, I like to buy online. But so often you're hooked into the next sale or the next thing or you've got to, you need to have this. Um, And we just get drawn into satisfying our desires and cravings. And also, unless you're a hurdler or a steeplechaser, a runner doesn't expect the racetrack to be littered with obstacles. When, you, when you're out to do the 200 metres, you don't expect to see a load of boulders in the way. But in our race, normal life can and does throw up some boulders for us. It isn't all plain sailing. You can have sickness, you can have bereavement, we can have family problems, and they're nothing to do with us. They're not our fault, we're not responsible for them. But also there are things that we can create, petty things that we're, we're, we get worked up about, that can create unnecessary obstacles. So we don't want to do that. We want to keep our race as smooth as we possibly can. And thirdly, we keep our eyes on the finish line. Um, The verses we read said, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We need him, don't we? And we need to run with endurance. Romans 12, that's another good passage as well as Hebrews 12. We are told never to be lazy, but to work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. We are committed for the long haul. But we keep Jesus and his sacrifice before us, knowing he is the champion who has already run the course before and overcome all the obstacles. He's won the race. He's with us at the start line. But he isn't the starter who fires the gun. 
do they have guns? Is it a gun? Anyway, who sets us off. He's not the one who, who sets us going and retreats to let us get on with it. He's in the race alongside us. He doesn't say, get going. He says, let's get going. Let us get going. Let's get going together. He's at the finish line as well. And so for this reason, we can run the distance. We keep our eyes fixed on him and the reward that lies ahead, running while keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. Successful athletes have a real desire to win and to gain the prize, be it a medal or a cup. A prize for the winner at the ancient Olympic Games was an olive wreath or a laurel leaf that would obviously have a limited lifespan. Our reward is an eternal crown. We run with joy now and we run with joy into the future. What we receive is a crown that won't perish. It's a heavenly reward that won't pass away. And I think it's important that we shouldn't forget that our faith has eternity in it as well. There's a sort of balance, isn't there? When you think back sometimes maybe to Victorian times, a lot of, of what I think about when I think about Victorian times is there was so much hardship and, and they saw so much death and there was so much loss often <clears throat> in families that it was almost like they thought we've got to get through this to get to the reward in heaven, to get to where everything is going to be fine. And sometimes we take our eyes in our society where sometimes we are comfortable All too often we're comfortable, aren't we? And we take our eyes off the eternity. We begin to think this is all. But it's a balance. Our faith is about eternity, but it's also about partnership with our Heavenly Father in the here and now as we run the race. We bring his restoring love into the present and run the race with joy in the present. And our joy is what propels us forward. And our very last point... I'm pleased to say I can't see the clock. I don't know if that's good or bad because it's got lots of things in front of it. But my last point, we run together. Now this sounds strange because 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, everyone runs but only one person gets the prize. That sounds a bit strange. Athletes in the Olympics always aim to win and not become second or third. They want the gold. And we are called to run the race in order to win. But it isn't about being in competition with other believers. As individuals, every one of us here has a race, our own race to run. And my race is different from your race. But we run alongside each other and we win together. We run to win with total commitment and focus as though we are the only ones who are in the race. But we run together. And in Hebrews 12, verse 1, it talks about, it's referring back to the heroes of faith in chapter 11. It talks about a huge, now some versions say cloud. I don't know what was was coming up on there. But my version says a huge crowd of witnesses. And these are the heroes of faith talked about in chapter 11. And their deeds are used to encourage us in our own life of faith. So it's talking about us being surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. And I know Trevor was talking about not particularly liking crowds. Um, But I think this is the right sort of crowd. This is made up of faithful men and women of the past and also of the present 
who understand the race we are in because they aren't just supporters. They're not just people shouting from the sidelines, but they have run and they've completed the race themselves. And those that are still with us are running the race with us and they understand because they're in it with us. We are together in that. I thought for me, one of the best moments of the Olympics was seeing those people who had worked together as teams, not individual runners or what have you, but people that had rowed together or run in relay races together and had worked together as teams and they went up on the podiums, maybe two of them, maybe four of them. And what they actually did, because of COVID, they, couldn't, they weren't allowed to have the, the medals put around their necks by the officials. So what they did is they turned and they put the medal on the person next to them and they put the medal on the other person that had run them or done whatever with them and I just think I can't I don't know how to express it but there was such a respect for one another because they knew what had gone into gaining that prize they knew the hard work that had gone into doing that and so there was a special bond in achieving it together so we need others to run with We need others to run with. It's important to count ourselves in, to meeting together, learning together. That's like our training, isn't it? Learning together in hubs, reading the word together, praying together, encouraging one another. We need others to run with us. So to sum up, the race we run is different from the world's race. We are called to commit to it, I love what Ruth said when she was preaching a few weeks ago. We need to put our whole selves in. We need to put our whole selves into it. To run knowing what is essential. To keep our eyes on Jesus who has finished the race with joy. And to take encouragement in knowing that we run with a good crowd of witnesses from the past and supporters in the present.